This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Defense Department's brass are getting serious when it comes to following the rules on coronavirus. Congress is sniffing around Defense Production Act spending, and a new Air Force undersecretary is to be nominated by the president. For details on these and other new developments in DOD, Federal News Network reporters Scott Massioni and Jared Serbu. And Jared, why don't we start with you? There's a new Air Force undersecretary nominee coming. Tell us about him. Yeah, this is Sean Manasco, Tom, he, and he's already serving currently as the acting undersecretary of the Air Force, but President Trump announced on Friday that he would be nominating him for the permanent position. That job obviously opened up when Matthew Donovan, who had been the, the undersecretary of the Air Force since virtually the beginning of the Trump administration, was nominated late last year to become the undersecretary of defense for personnel and readiness. He's now confirmed into that position, filling another uh, DOD slot that has been open for long periods of time, both in the Trump administration and the Obama administration. So very good that DOD now has a confirmed personnel and readiness undersecretary, but it did open up that undersecretary slot in the Air Force. So it looks as though Sean Manasco is most likely going to be filling that. He already has a Senate confirmation of his own. He was confirmed back in 2017 as the Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Manpower and Reserve Affairs. And Scott, you mentioned this DPA spending and you found somebody in Congress is starting to say, hey, what about this? Right. Well, last week we talked about the American Enterprise Institute, they were looking to find some ways to look into how the Defense Department and the government as a whole were spending money for the Defense Production Act. It's a billion dollars that is uh, set aside for rapid spending, and it's not easy to keep track of all that money. Katie Porter, she's been looking into this a lot, and she's a Democrat from California, famous for dressing up like Batwoman and uh, on Halloween, one of the few lawmakers that actually, uh, you know, kind of jumped in and, and had some fun with Halloween. So she wrote a letter to the White House Director of Trade and Manufacturing Policy, Peter Navarro, asking for a full list of DPA contracts that were issued in response to the pandemic, including the award date, quantity, per cost unit, per unit cost, and other information like that. Now, she wanted information on this by last Friday. She has not gotten that yet. I just talked to one of her staffers. So, uh, you know, we're still waiting to see if the uh, White House will comply and how they'll do that. All right. Let's get to some of those spending stories besides the DPA by whatever means. And Jared, you're reporting agencies are moving quickly to get that COVID dollars onto contracts. Yeah, we don't have uh, official Defense Department numbers on this yet because DOD reports to the federal procurement data system with a three-month lag. But we are getting good data on the civilian agencies and just kind of giving us an indication of how quickly agencies really can move. This comes courtesy of George Mason University, which published some detailed analysis based on those FPDS figures last week. And what they're finding is that, you know, contrary to the normal sort of 60-day average that it takes agencies to get money on contract, they really moved quickly in the month of March just as soon as President Trump um, uh, d- declared the, the national disaster related to COVID-19 and very quickly ramped up to an average of $300 million in spending per day just on COVID. Um, and, and for comparison's sake, agencies usually spend about $500 million per day on all of their contracts for everything. So that's a very strong indication that they really did ramp up quickly. An- another thing to point out here is that they've dramatically increased their use of commercial items procedures, which are, as everyone knows, much quicker than 
than than you know more more traditional far part 15 acquisitions fully 45% just use the normal commercial lighting procedures that are already there in the far and then another 15% went toward a, a new clause that, or, or a new section of the far that got triggered because of the emergency declaration where you can essentially use those same commercial item procedures for any any item that that, that is needed to combat the pandemic even if it normally wouldn't qualify as a commercial item so uh, you know 60% being bought under commercial item procedures in that in, in those last couple months of March compared to about 30% that that agencies put out there under commercial items on a normal day. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu and Scott Mossioni. And Scott, looking at it from the congressional angle, again, there's inquiry coming from that side about is the pandemic money in DOD going to the right places? That's right. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things about this is that the Defense Department is still getting money despite having some of their highest uh, budgets in the past uh, couple of years. And that's part of the Trump administration's work to build up the military and to uh, restore readiness. So we have a lot of organizations like Common Defense, Plowshare Funds, Public Citizen, a lot of these watchdog groups that are asking the Trump administration to slow down giving and Congress too to slow down giving uh, money to the Defense Department because it already has enough. Um, the organizations say that DOD is likely to save money because of the drop in oil prices right now and could also save even more by reforming its contracting and IT processes. So uh, here's, here's a quote of, from their letter to Congress saying, appropriating a dollar more to the Pentagon in 2020 would be throwing good money after bad. So uh, they're urging them to focus more attention on the national pandemic response and the economic relief and less to providing more money to the Pentagon, which they say has overflowing coffers. And aside from the money, uh, there's some operational effects of all of this, and not just in the United States, but around the world. And Jared, you're reporting a four-star is getting tough on contractors hacking their way onto bases overseas. Contractors and civilians in Korea, and, and, and we should say U.S. Forces Korea was was one of the earliest and most, you know, you could say stringent uh, COVID restrictions uh, throughout the U.S. military. Back back in the late January, early February timeframe, they started restricting people's movements by guidance and, and then quickly found that some civilians and contractors were not following the guidance, which which caused them to issue an emergency uh, emergency declaration for Korean bases on March 25th just because they needed some additional mechanisms to enforce those. And they have been enforcing them. Since then, the numbers from U.S. Forces Korea say seven civilians and contractors have been banned from uh, U.S. bases in Korea for the next two years as a consequence of not following the guidance. And, and you know, the, the, the penalties are for things such as going off base to dine in restaurants outside of outside of the gates. In another case, a contractor was told to self-quarantine for 14 days and didn't, came back on base uh, to, to go shopping, evidently. That person, too, got a two-year ban from all U.S. Forces Korea installations. And that's a very serious consequence if you, if you happen to be a DOD employee who is who is working on base. If you can't get on base, you, you obviously can't redeploy either to some other part of the world to continue working for your agency. So those those folks are just most likely going to have to sit tight for a while. And finally, I just want to wind up with an item Scott has. Jamie Raskin, the congressman from Maryland, not known for having exactly the neatest haircut in the world, is complaining about haircuts in the Marines? 
He is. Well, yeah, Jamie's famous for uh, having some long curly hair. And uh, in Camp Pendleton, the Marines, there's a video that went viral about two weeks ago of Marines standing very close to each other waiting in line to get their haircuts. And Marines are very famous for their grooming standards. What Representative Raskin was saying was that these are not social distancing standards that the Marines were following. And and a lot of people on the internet agreed. So he was asking the Marine Corps Commandant to cut the Marines some slack on grooming standards when the time of coronavirus because they might be passing this on to their families and communities. Uh, One of the things that really was interesting to me is that Defense Secretary Esper was unaware of this uh, during the April 14th press conference. And it showed a little bit of a difference in the way that he was looking at the news and the way that other people were looking at the news, because this is something that was all over the internet, yet he had not seen it. So uh, maybe he should get a Twitter account uh, or at least go on his more often. Or maybe he should just shave his head in solidarity. (laughs) Federal News Network's Scott Massioni and Jared Serbu, thank you very much both. You bet. Thank you. Check out their DOD Reporter's Notebook in its new format at federalnewsnetwork.com. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resources page at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.